Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to the book of Colossians. We are going through the book of Colossians. How is your day going? Because I just happen to think, here's how my day's going. This is not the footwear I'm supposed to have today. Like, these are my everyday yucky flip-flops, Crocs. And I was supposed to change into pretty shoes before I left home today. So thank goodness it's not the fuzzy slippers I walked out in this morning. Because we got up here to the church and I said, oh, Brittany. Because I asked her before we left home. I was like, this is just one of those mornings we're rushed. I said, am I dressed? Please please look mama over. Make sure that I am completely dressed to go into public. She was like, yeah, mama, you're, you're good. You're good. And, and right before we pulled in church, I moved on the pedal and I went, oh, Brittany. <laughs> well, that's what she said. She said, well, the stripes match, mom. You're good. And then she said, well, if you're really worried, just own it. Kick it off. It's a holy day. Go bare. I almost called Jake to see if he'd come barefoot today so that we could do barefoot Sunday. So, yeah, that's how my Sunday's going. But just be thankful it's not the fuzzy slippers that made it to church. Any other ladies, somebody tell me you've done this before. You've walked out in the wrong shoes. Thank you for being honest, Claudette. Thank you, Amy Jo. Bo James, how does a man walk out? Well, okay, wait, I heard your story. Slippers. How, how does a man walk out in the wrong shoes? Oh, okay. That, that, that works too. Okay, okay. I see how that works. Just one of those days. So whatever happens in this service, just roll with it. Don't say a word to me and we're all good today, okay? We are in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 1 through 7. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church of Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Lord, this is your word, and may it just come into our hearts today, alive and active. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we talked about Paul speaking to the church. He's never met this church. He did not plant this church, but he's been hearing things that are happening, so he wrote this letter. And so last week we talked about who Jesus is. He wanted to ground them in, in the, the minimum bare knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. He reminded us that the same good news that were changing the lives of those at Colossians Church are changing lives around the world. 
Um, we enjoyed a time with Evie and Don Gardner on Tuesday. Hopefully, I don't know who all, I can't even remember now who all was here, but what a wonderful time with Evie and Don. And I enjoyed getting to know them um, outside of just the service. But their stories and the things they shared was just a reminder to us that the same gospel we're talking about right here in Wicks, Arkansas, is changing lives in Africa and around the world. And that the gospel transcends borders. It transcends countries when you stick with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I enjoyed just listening to their story. I learned something from them because sometimes you guys sing a little quiet. I think you think you're an underground church and you just can't lift your voices up. Just so you know, we're not the underground church, okay? Um, we, we can sing loud and proud in here. So what does Paul desire in this part of his letter that he writes to the church at Colossae? What is he desiring? First, he starts out, he says, I have agonized for you. Some of your versions may say, I've struggled. And I want you to understand what this what this meant for Paul. Because now remember, at the time he's writing this, he is actually sitting in prison, waiting for his trial before Nero. And he's probably already figuring out, this may not end well for me. Like when I, when I go before this ruler, this could be the final moments of my life. So that's his mindset, sitting imprisoned as he's writing this letter. And he says, you know, I don't know about you guys, but if I was sitting on death row pretty much, I might be a little busy thinking about some other things. But he says, I'm agonizing for you. He says, I'm, I'm struggling in prayer for the believers of the church, not just there in Colossae, but Laodicea and all believers. Because he knows that things are starting to happen in the different churches Stressing them out, persecutions, different things. Have you ever struggled with something in prayer? Maybe praying over a loved one, a, a situation in, in your own life. Something that you're just not seeing the answers really quick. And so you struggle, you pray and you pray. And, and if you know anything about prayer, sometimes you just... You know, sometimes I can pray and I know I get that peace. God heard it. I'm done. I can walk away from it. But sometimes you, you agonize in prayer over something. Like it's just so heavy on your heart, you can't let it go. And if you've ever been in that moment, if you know what I'm talking about, then you know when you agonize in prayer, you can be physically exhausted as if you physically struggled with someone. Because it has, Diane, have you ever been there? She's my prayer warrior. Have you ever just been physically exhausted because you've agonized, your heart was so heavy for someone? And that's what Paul is expressing to the church, that he is agonizing, he's struggling, he's praying over them, he's hearing things. And, and you know, it would be so easy where Paul sits to just denounce Christianity and be set free. But there was another part of his agonizing that he knew he had to walk his faith all the way to the end so that other believers would not lose hope. 
So maybe today you're at that place, you're right at the edge of breaking and you think, I can't, I can't go another step. I, I, I can't. <sighs> Somebody's watching you. And you need to follow all the way to, through to the end. Don't give up today, church, whatever it is you... That ain't even part of the sermon, but somebody obviously needed that because somebody in here doesn't need to give up on what you're agonizing with. Walk it all the way to the end because somebody is watching your faith. And somebody is going to get encouraged because they saw you stay encouraged and stay strong. So as he's praying... You know, as he's starting through this letter, what does he specifically want? He, he spells it out, what he is wanting for the church. First of all, he says, I want you to be encouraged. Now, I'm not just talking about lift your spirit, have a good day kind of encouragement. What he means by, by this word, he says, I want you to be courageous of heart. I want you to think like a warrior for a minute. He said, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be so courageous that no matter what you face, you'll be able to withstand it. Those are heavy words coming from the man sitting in prison knowing he's probably facing his execution for the cause of Christ. And he understands you're going to have a hard day. Are you courageous enough? to withstand it and make the right choices in those moments. You see, Paul understood that you, you're going to have a hard day. And, and, you know, sometimes we wait until that moment to try to figure out what we should do. But when we're in the Word on a daily basis, when the hard times come, you hear God's voice instantaneously to know. You, you feel that peace. Paul says, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be courageous. I want you to, to be able to cope with whatever situation happens. Because, again, we talked last week, Paul is addressing a church that outside influences are trying to come within the church. He said, I need you to be encouraged, courageous. What else does he want for them? He said, and I want you to be knit together. By strong ties of love. Wow. Ashley, there's your verse. There's your life verse. Knit. Whoever thought that knitting was in the Bible. There it is. He said, I want you to be knit together. Unified is what he's talking about. When we attend district assembly or anything, whether you go to district, maybe you go to uh, general assembly, you know, sometimes I know it can come off a little dry. It can come off a little businessy. But do you know what I love about district? Because we're knit together in love. I see family and friends that sometimes I haven't seen for a whole year. Um, Lynn Bean's dad, Bill. I always run into him. And I love that man to death. And, and, and those kind of friendships that get formed just at those events, right? And so when I try to encourage you, hey, can we put your name on the ballot? And you're like, I don't want to go to district. I can't waste three days of vacation to go over there and do business. It's way more than business. Number one, our little group 
gets together and, and we become unified together. But more than that, because, you know, ask Diane, Diane, I don't sit down a whole lot when we're there, do I? Because I'm up greeting and, oh, oh, there's that person, there's that person, you know? It's just a big family reunion. That's what the church is. No matter where we are. And so Paul said, I want you to be knit together in love. What he's also talking about is like, look, y'all may have some differences on some things. So you can vote different. You can like this part of the service and not that part. You know, let's do more hymns and less this. No, let's do less hymns. We can have differences. But we have to have love. Because without love... The church dies. And it can happen to any church. When you lose the love for one another. Because I've seen big churches fall. Not just old little churches. But it happens because all of a sudden they're divided. And all of a sudden the love just is lost. They forget in Christ we're one body. And he says, I I want you to remember, I want you to be encouraged, face whatever the situation, but I want you to be knit together in love as you do it. And then he begins to use this this different type of language. Look in the end of verse 2 there. He wants them to be encouraged. And then he says, "I I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself, by the way, he says, and in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So you see these words. He wants them to have this confidence, and he uses the word mysterious. Then he very quickly says it's really not mysterious. It's Jesus Christ. That's the mysterious plan that God has. And then he uses this word, hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, this is the heart of everything we're talking about today, because here was the problem Paul was facing. He was actually addressing the Gnostic religion that was starting to infiltrate into the church. And if you don't know much about Gnosticism, um, it's basically steeped in mysteries and, and the secret knowledge of things. Like they were trying to say, okay, yeah, there's this Jesus, but you need to understand a little more. So Paul was purposefully using this language to address these issues. Because the Gnostics were insisting that there's important secret knowledge that was being hidden from most of these believers. But John 14, 26 tells me, but when the Father sends, this is Jesus talking, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that's the Holy Spirit, by the way, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So Paul was saying, I want you to have confidence, church, to know that you have all the knowledge you need to live a life full and free in your salvation. There's nothing hidden. Oh, we feel like it sometimes. How many of you ever feel like, I just don't know what those other ones know? 
Like when I say, let's do Bible study on Wednesday night, y'all don't all show up because you're like, well, I don't know all of that stuff. Well, number one, how are you going to get to know if you ain't reading? (laughs) But I understand this because that's part of my testimony. Remember not being raised in the church. And as a kid, the few times I went to church, I didn't know what everybody knew. I couldn't even play all the games in children's church kind of stuff because I didn't even know the basic children's stories. And that kind of scarred me then as I grew. Then I meet this boy who is so steeped in church culture, I can't get away from it. Like, this household wakes up and sings songs before they even leave for church. What in the world? Who does that? That's what I was thinking, you know? I I don't know what they're singing. And then we show up, and then we got to go to Sunday school, because heaven forbid you miss Sunday school, right? And so then I would sit there trying to be invisible in Sunday school, because I still don't know everything that's going on. I would get almost physically ill every time I had to go to church with Thomas because I was scared of what I just didn't know. You know, I was that nervous. Number one, I had to borrow clothes from the roommate because I didn't have appropriate clothes for church, I thought. Too short or too whatever. And then you get here and it it was like everybody's talking a Greek language because I just didn't know what everybody knew. But Paul is saying, church, you know everything you need to know. Now, maybe we're at different levels. Maybe we're learning at different levels of things. And that's one thing I try to keep in mind. Oh, it's easy to look at our little kids and think they don't know. But I got to always remember in my mind, you may have gray hair and you still don't know. Because we're at different levels. And I'll never forget the first time I felt like I knew something. We had come in and Brent Gentry was teaching a Bible or a book study. And we got in that class and of course Thomas is like, well, we ain't read the book. Well, we get in there and I look at what book he's teaching and I was like, I've read this book. (laughs) And I knew answers and like, I was like answering questions left and right. And Thomas walked out going, who are you? And I was like... I read that book. I knew that one, you know? And all of a sudden, I wasn't so scared anymore. So Paul let them know because somebody has come into the church to tell them, well, you don't know everything, but I can tell you. You see how deceptive that can be when those voices come in? You don't know everything. Get you one of these, people. If you got one... You got it all. You got what you need. And you can learn it just as I learned it, as others around you have learned it. It starts with one word at a time. And you're like, well, I don't read. Get you a that. I don't have my phone on me this morning. Get you an app you can push. Patricia has learned how to play that stuff, and I've taught her how to even... And if you need help with this... If, if, cause I know our Bible reading has been crazy how it's, you know, shakes us around. And if you're one that listens to it, I can show you how you can actually go to that specific verse and push play. And then you don't have to listen to the whole chapter. Because Paul says, you got everything you need. And I need you to have confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ that you was already given. Cause you see, the world is entering our doors. Diane, what is one thing that when we pray together up here at the church, what would I do? I prayed over those doors, didn't 
for the spirits of the world to not come in this church. Because I know we have an enemy that wants to come in. So Paul was fighting, not just Gnostics, by the way. If, if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll see he's fighting. There's the Jewish rules that are always trying to reemerge into things. And they're trying to weave their way. It's like Jesus and. you got to have Jesus and. No, you don't. When you stand before the Lord, you got to have Jesus. Because there was the old covenant, which Jesus fulfilled, and Jesus is the new covenant. Period. Period. But they were trying to make up the rules about what goes in the body. They was trying to put the things about food and stuff. They were trying to pressure people, well, you've got to celebrate this festival and this moon phase and this and make sure you do the Sabbath the right way. And this, this, hmm. Even Jesus got in trouble on the Sabbath. Wow. They were, they were having to battle things about astrology that was coming in because back in those days, you know, the, the rulers were big about they didn't even want to go into battle until we checked the stars and everything's aligned up right, right? They were putting too much emphasis on angels. Are angels real? Yes, but they are never to be worshipped. They are never to be held higher than God. And when we do that, we sin. Because guess what? Lucifer was an angel who wanted to be God. Most beautiful thing God ever created. And he wanted to be God. And he lost. And then Paul in verse 8 said, let me find, make sure I'm in the right one. Verse 8 said, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Verse 12, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. In short three words, Christ is enough. So if you are struggling this morning with what it means to be saved, Jesus Christ is enough. You don't have to work to be better. You don't have to work to look this way or that way. Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, is enough. But you know... The world continues to want to get into the middle of our religion. Even today, we struggle with these kind of things. A few questions to just sort of, because you know what? You have to test things sometimes. You have to test things to, to make sure, do they meet up with God's word? So some just quick questions of, of testing religions or, or things that you are hearing. Does it stress man-made rules and taboos rather than God's grace? And you're thinking, well, BJ, don't we have some of those rules? Like we don't drink, we don't do this, we don't do tobacco. Those are things that we, we know are not good for us, by the way. Those are things that we know tear lives apart. 
But I will tell you, there will be people sitting with us in heaven that do those very things. Because it's through Jesus Christ that we are saved. Now, will God call us to lay some things down? You bet he will. And you best obey. Because that's where the sin comes in. It doesn't come in from what you're putting in your body. Because Jesus said himself, what goes in, it comes out, it ain't a problem for us. In other words, that bacon is really good stuff. Well, that's one of my favorite lines on The Chosen. When the disciples had those discussions of breaking the rules, and one of them said, I tried pork one time. And everybody, you know, because these are Jewish guys, so they were like, how was it? And he said, heavenly. (laughs) So I'm thinking he ate a piece of bacon is what I'm thinking. If you've not watched The Chosen, you need to watch that. Other questions to ask. What you're listening to or hearing, you're reading, does it foster a critical spirit towards others? If it's making you very critical and harsh towards any other person, that's not God. Because we're called to love. Does it stress formula or secret knowledge or special visions? You know, that, that I, I have the answer. And, and one of the things I think of is Scientology on this, because we all know they've got some crazy formula stuff that happens in that. It ain't even a religion. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't scared to call that one out. But we have to be careful, because this ain't a secret. <laughs> the Word of God is not a secret from anyone. Does it elevate honor for keeping the rules, right? Oh, well, you're a good Christian because you you did this and you did that and you did this. Grace, grace. Does it neglect the universal church? Remember, we are a little C church, a part of the big C church. One of the images I got yesterday out there with the Spates, because you had all the Spates family, And then you had um, the Grogans out there. And I just had this moment, because as I was explaining to the kids, you're being baptized not just into our denomination, but into the church, the universal church. And I had that image, because I'm looking at family members knowing the different churches that were represented on that riverside yesterday. And we all rejoiced together. And that was so beautiful. That was so beautiful to me. So make sure things that you listen to and are paying attention to, remember that we are, that was something that Dr. Chombo stressed to us, ordinance, that we were being ordained into the big C church. Not just Nazarene. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that transcends denominations. Well, BJ, we don't really deal with all this stuff anymore. Sure we do. Every single day. That's why people fall prey every day to religious leaders who have the answer that nobody else does. That's why this last election season we saw church 
divide. Because we add it too much to Jesus instead of grace. Grace. Verse 4. Remember what Paul said. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Well-crafted. In other words, smooth talkers. Because, see, you can be a wonderful speaker. And we know this because, unfortunately, we see pastors fall because they were motivators. They spoke so eloquently that people followed. And then somewhere they lose their way. Or maybe they were never following the way. Maybe they were just making a living. That happens too. Well, how then do we live? Because, man, that got depressing really fast. (laughs) Verse 6 and 7. Paul says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. He's reminding them, you already have the gospel. You got saved. Jesus changed your life. So keep following that. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots, we just finished our roots series where we talked about our articles of faith in the Church of the Nazarene, the 16 beliefs. I should have asked Dalton. He knew that, right? Dalton's 16, right? He still knows that. And we talked about all 16 of them, but we talked about how they are grounded in the Word. These were not man-made concepts that were addressed. This is not some, you know... I've talked to people from other churches and they're just like, well, I don't know, you know, what y'all believe. And I'm like, well, here's what we believe. And I can share those 16 things. And I'm like, do you agree with these things? Well, yeah. Why do they agree? Because it comes from the same word that they're preaching this morning at their church. Hey, do we differ on some things? Sure we do. Do we baptize a little different? Maybe we do. But we're knit together in love if we're grounded in the same roots. So Paul says, let your roots grow down into him. And if you've been grounded in the word, then you'll be able to test those well-crafted arguments. You'll be able to test whether, well, and, and, and here's the deal, it does get tricky. Do you remember how Satan spoke to Eve He took a little bit of what God said and just twisted it a little bit, right? Remember when we as kids, we'd play those uh, games in the magazines? Here's this picture. Here's the picture like it. Tell me what's different. How many of you, there's always that one thing you can't find in that picture, right? There's that one thing that's different. It'll tell you there's six things different in the picture and you find five every time, right? And then it takes you a whole stinking week to find that last item. Or, unlike your pastor, you might turn over to the back and cheat and figure out what it is. Yes, okay. Maybe I've done that. You see, your enemy does that. That's well-crafted. 
when a little bit of scripture gets twisted just enough. So when I talk about things that come into the church, I'm not talking just big old cult and man, yeah, of course, that's weird. No, I'm talking about taking a little bit of the gospel and tweaking it. And then it becomes a slippery slope because then we begin to follow persons, right? Instead of the word. And Paul said, let your roots grow down into this. You see, BJ may not be here in five years. That will. And then the next pastor, they may not be here for another 10 years. That's the same. We're 111 years old. That has never changed. Just this. That's what you root yourself in. And then he said, once you're rooted into the word, let your lives be built on Christ. Sometimes it feels easier, though, to follow rules than to build your life on Christ. Because Christ will take you on the biggest adventure you've ever been on. I promise you that. Sometimes it's bumpy, like that ride to the river was in my husband's truck yesterday. I don't go to Sandbar that much, and I sure don't ride around in Thomas's big old truck that much. So it was quite bumpy for us. So sometimes life gets a little bumpy, but when you're, when you're riding along with Jesus, man, it's always an adventure. We are called to follow Jesus. Doesn't mean that Christ doesn't ask us to look different than the world, by the way. When you read through a lot of uh, this chapter, you're thinking, well, throw all the rules out. Like, right? I've got Jesus. That's all I need. Okay, but if you've got Jesus, are you listening to him? Because I promise he's going to ask us to be different. It's the only way the world knows us. It's because we're set apart. And the world needs to see that difference. Why do I love the Church of the Nazarene? Because it was different than anything I'd ever seen in my life. Because I grew up in a, in a household that was hurt by the church, so I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up in a, a life where it was okay to live as the world lived, even though I was seeing it destroy life after life. And all of a sudden, I saw a group of people that lived different. But man, they were some happy people. (laughs) How do you do that? It's called Jesus Christ. So the church, though, the problem is we have to stop judging people if they don't look like us. Because... Many of you that remember me, when I walked through those doors, you could have very easily judged me and said, wow, Thomas picked a good one. Hmm. (laughs) He told Dr. Chumble the other night, I didn't know I was dating the pastor when I dated her. That's for darn sure. He was like, "Mm mm-mm. Amen, Jason. (laughs) Jason sure didn't know it either when, when I met him. So I could have very easily been judged. So thank you for grace to let me mature. That's being knitted together in love. To understand 
that person that might look a little different or do something. And you know what? A lot of times we judge people for what we used to do. How hypocritical of us. So church, don't judge others who are seeking Christ. I'd rather stand next to an addict who I know is seeking Christ with all they have than someone that follows every rule and doesn't love another person. Y'all got awful quiet. But that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul was stressing. He said, when you do all of this, when you are rooted in the word, when you are following Christ, you're building your life on him. Look at this. He says, then your faith will grow. So maybe this morning you're stuck in your faith. Maybe you're thinking, why am I not growing? Are you rooted in the word? And being here just on Sunday morning listening to me, that's not rooted in the word. Rooted in the word is you reading and seeking. You're saying, but I don't understand it. I don't care. Keep reading it. How's my Bible plan people doing? Pastor stinks this week. Give me grace. I'll catch up. I promise. That's the, I kind of regret starting this Facebook thing because it, 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 I get caught in it on weeks. Y'all know. And then Patricia calls me out. Pastor, you ain't been posting on that because Pastor is a little behind this week, right? But now, how many of you understand every reading we've read? Exactly. But the point is, we keep reading. And eventually, and and make sure you get a version you can understand. Now, I use a lot of different versions as I'm studying. You know, I'll go to King James, I'll go to NIV, I'll go to the message, all that. But if you're new in reading the Word... You find something that you can understand. That's why I preach out of New Living Translation, by the way. Because for the average person that will walk through my door on a Sunday morning, I want it in their language so they hear it and can catch something. Now, as you begin to dive deeper, you'll find other translations that you like. Because Paul says you've got to be rooted, you've got to build your life, so if you're stuck in your faith... Are you diving into the Word? Are you getting rooted? Are you building your life? Building your life means sometimes God makes some changes on how things are done. And then Paul says, then your faith is going to grow. So listening to my sermons and podcasts and other services, that's all great, but you have to get in the Word. So I'm passing responsibility to you this morning, church. You have to get into this word for you to grow. And then your faith begins to grow. And then, this is my favorite part at the end, it says, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Man, have you ever been around somebody that all they can do is complain? They're never fun to be around. And I'm going to tell you, probably the problem is they're not rooted in the Word. They're not building their life on Christ. And their faith hasn't grown much. So the only thing overflowing is what they got. A lot of bitterness. 
emptiness. What about you, church? What about me? This week, I want you to listen to your own words. I want you to to look at what you're posting on your social media. What's overflowing out of you? And if you begin to recognize of, wow, that wasn't very thankful, was it? Then back up and say, am I rude at Lord? Am I building my life on you? Is my faith growing? Because Paul says, then I'm going to overflow with thankfulness. Paul was concerned for this body of believers that he had never met. I've met you guys, and I'm still concerned. I still pray for every one of you. It's gotten harder since we've gotten chairs and COVID because y'all don't have set places yet where you sit. And that makes it hard for me because used to I could imagine every pew where you was. So now it's a little bit harder that way. But I still pray for you. I just put a list of names in front of me and I start praying. And I promise you, if you get a text from me that says you're prayed for today, that means I just stopped, I just prayed for you, and I just wanted to send you that. Because I never know. Sometimes I don't know what I'm praying for. God just puts a name in my, in my heart, right, Diane? We just get a, a name. Paul was concerned for this body because there were people trying to come in and make it harder than it should be. It's not hard, church. Some of you may be like me. You struggle for years trying to figure out, am I saved? Am I not saved? I don't know. I think I'm saved. Somebody told me I was saved. I know I did that. The enemy will play with our minds so much. Because I probably am not saved because at that time my mouth didn't sound pretty saved, so I bet I wasn't saved. Do you see where I'm going? I had Jesus Christ. Now, was there some things he needed to purge out? Sure there was. And I have this new saying now, when something tests me, I'm like, I'm going to lose my ordination. That's my new, that's my new, I need a t-shirt. I need to get Mandy, Mandy, you need to make me a shirt. I'm going to lose my ordination. Paul was worried about the influences coming into the body. We still face those things today. In fact, we, we may face it even harder because we have social media feeding us things. And just because it says it's from a Christian place, don't you dare buy into it until you've tested it and you know where that facts come from. He wanted them to have the confidence to understand. So this is my biggest desire. Church, I pray that you have the confidence to understand you have all the knowledge you need today for salvation. And you're saying, well, I don't even know if I know that knowledge. Let me tell you real quick what it is. God created you. But our sin separates us from God. And sin cannot be removed by anything we do. There's nothing you ever can do that makes you good enough to take that out. I was testing Bo because I knew he's, he's back there thinking, is she going to do it? Is she going to do it? But Jesus Christ came and he paid for those sins on that cross. You see, he didn't do anything wrong. That was for you and I. That was our sins that hung him there. And then 
They buried him, but three days later, he rose again. We serve a living God who is at the right hand of his fathers today. And all it takes is a simple yes. Yes, God, I want salvation. Yes, God, I understand that, man, I've done a lot wrong in my life. Father, can you forgive me? And he'll say, yes, my child. I've already done that. It's a gift. It's that easy. It's that easy. And if you've never done it, then the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Well, I'll get there. What if you don't have tomorrow to get there? Yesterday was a weird day. I went from a funeral to a baptism yesterday. It it was it was a hard switch on my brain yesterday trying to to really get into that flow from death to life literally yesterday. And I thank every one of you that was here at this service yesterday to love on Lucy's family. This place was packed out yesterday. But the most important thing that I figured out yesterday is whether it was at the funeral or at the baptism, it was all centered around one person, Jesus Christ. We had the joy of celebrating Lucy's life because she knew Jesus Christ. We had the joy of celebrating with Rayleigh and Jake because they were pledging to live a life for Christ. Jesus Christ is enough. Stand with me this morning. These altars are open. Maybe this morning you need, first of all, just to get right with God, you need Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning you know Jesus, you've known him for a long time, but you you can admit to God and say, God, maybe I've let some other philosophies come in that I'm not sure they're of you. Maybe you need to repent of that this morning. And maybe maybe listening to um, how our faith grows, maybe you just need to come to that moment of, God, I do need to get rooted in you more. Help me to understand your word more. Whatever that is, maybe you need it down here at the altar, but he can work with you right at your seat where you are. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And God, I know that sometimes a message can be heavy. I can, I can feel the breath in this room of how heavy it feels. But God, that also reminds me the Spirit is here working. And so I'm praying for your people that are here, that are online watching, Lord, that may your Spirit convict us. Because that's what Jesus, he told us, the Spirit comes, he'll remind us of truth, he'll convict us of our sins. Doesn't mean he's condemning, he's convicting us to change our ways. And Father, maybe someone in here today, this is the first time that they really want to make a statement of, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. Maybe someone in here this morning is, yes, Lord, I need to get more rooted in your word, and I need to put more of my life in order with you, Lord. Someone's hearing the voice of God, and he is just waiting for a yes and amen. Trust and obey. Lord, I just pray for for the ones in here that 
Sometimes the older we get, the longer we have served you. Sometimes we sit back too much. And maybe you're calling us to step up. Yes and amen, Lord. Father, I I pray for our after service today. As we are knitted together in love, as we fellowship together, I always think this is a picture of what the original church looked like, living life together. Not just in the scriptures, but in their meals together and in their time together. So bless this food and, and this time together. God, and I know there's going to be many other celebrations today as we celebrate the the birthday of our country. And so, Father, I just pray safety over your people. But, God, I pray we leave here with an overflowing of thankfulness because not only are we in a free country, but we are free in Christ, and we need to share that with others today. May they see that in our lives that we live today. May we be a reflection of who you are, a holy God, in all that we do. Father, put a stirring in the hearts of your believers, a craving for your word like never before. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people together said, Amen. Church, have a beautiful day, but please stay and have fish with us. Don't rush the guys. We'll let the ladies set up. And guys, y'all can go help and just have a day of fellowship together as we wait for the fish. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.